Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Enjoy today's message. Merry Christmas, everyone. I want to thank our worship team for just creating a place where we could just worship Jesus today. Amen. Thank you. Oh, man, that was so it's so good. I'm going to do it again at 11 o'clock this morning. Um, I want to open up with a thought that I had while we were worshiping before we jump into the word today. Um, For those of you who may have been comatose throughout 2020, this was a different year than most years, right? Just a bit of a different year. And the Lord reminded me of a conversation that I had with him. I was walking through Goochland. I was praying one day. And I was asking the Lord, like, okay, God, what's next? Like, help me to see what's next. Like, I, you know, we're, we're getting surprised by this stuff. We're getting blindsided by this stuff. And I felt like the Lord encouraged me and said, here's the thing. If I were to tell you everything that was next, you would take matters into your own hands. And faith is about what you can't see in trusting me. And so I just want to encourage you. You are here standing or sitting or in your home right now. At the end of 2020, you made it. Praise the Lord, right? And we're going into a new year. And you know what? God sees what you don't see. And our trust is in the God who can see it, who does plan for it. Corona, whatever, has not surprised God. And he is greater. Amen? And I want to testify to you today. I've had two friends in the last week who both were critically ill with coronavirus, and they are both healthy and at home. Amen? Amen? Um. So I am so thankful for that and and so thankful for y'all. And I just really believe sincerely in my heart, God has good things in front of us. Let's keep our eyes wide open. Let's keep our hearts light. And let's see what God wants to do as we conclude this year and go into the next year. Amen? All right. Are y'all ready for the Bible today? I tell you what, those kids did a great job with that Bible, didn't they? Oh, my word. That is so, so good. I'm so proud of them. All right, I'm going to open up this morning with Matthew chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. It says this, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Would you say Jesus today? Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. He is with us, and he will be with us. He'll never leave you. He will never forsake you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thanks for this day. Lord, we just give you glory and honor, and we recognize this week it's about you, Jesus, and we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are Emmanuel, God with us. And, Lord, we rejoice in what you have done. Lord, throughout this year, it has been ups and downs and sideways, but Lord, you remain the same. And Lord, we let you set the temperature of our heart. We let you bring peace to our thoughts and our mind. We let you be the comfort to the lonely. We say today, Jesus, that you are our answer. We thank you. We honor you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. You know, I have always been really interested in how different the four Gospels are from each other. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. How they 
tell the story of Jesus' life differently, right? And this time of year, we love hearing Matthew, uh, the scripture I just um, I brought, just brought up. Thank you. Uh, in the beginning, we, li- we love hearing from Matthew, um, which I just read. We love hearing from the book of Luke, which our children did a great job of reading to us today, about the miraculous birth of Jesus. And a few weeks ago, I talked about the Gospel of John and how that perspective of Jesus' birth is told from heaven's perspective of God stepping into humanity. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he was on a mission, and that mission was to save us. And then we look at the book of Mark, and the book of Mark is different than the others in that it doesn't even really talk about the birth of Jesus. It's like reading a, a comic book. It just wants to go from action scene to action scene, and it's like this pressure to just get to the cross, just get to where it's going. And, you know, all of this, Jesus' life, his birth, his death on the cross, um, was all put into motion centuries before all the way back as a matter of fact at the very beginning was when this plan was put into motion you know in genesis we read about adam and eve in the garden and how god gave them a great freedom in the garden as a matter of fact people give god a bad rap and think he's just all about controls and the reality is he wants his people to truly be free gave them great freedom he gave them just one do not it says do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good of e- good and evil like that's the one thing just don't do that you know it's his house his rules right his garden his rules right his universe his rules right and so it says in genesis 3 6 through 8 it says when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and so desirable for gaining wisdom she took some of it and ate it she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it and the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking through the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. And in that moment, they disobeyed God. Why did they do it? Well, they decided to not trust God's word. And they took ultimate authority into their own hands in that moment. They hid from God. Why? Why did they hide from God? Because there was now this sense of separation between them and God. And they, they felt shame for the very first time. And they felt like they couldn't be before God. And it, it's such a, a sad story when we read about it, the, the fall of man. But right there at the point of failure, and hear this today, right there at the very point of failure, God initiates a redemption plan. Like it's, it begins in action from that very moment. The Lord didn't like go home and hang his head and go, man, what have I done? No, he immediately said, now we're on a rescue plan. And he began to unfold that redemption plan um, right there from the very beginning. The decision for a savior to be born that we celebrate right now was initiated centuries ago at the very beginning And this plan, it would unfold over centuries of time because God is patient and wise. And through those centuries of time, there's history teaches us that Jesus truly is the only way. 
And let me explain what I mean by that. I'm going to give you three brief lessons from Scripture throughout the history of humanity that say why we needed Jesus to come and to be our Savior, why he was the only way, the only rescuer. Lesson one was very early in human history. We read about it in Genesis. Basically, God says, okay, you want to take matters into your own hands. I'm just going to let you do your thing. How many of y'all in life have wished people would just let you do your thing? Oh, y'all are being all good Christians. No one's raising their hand. No one's saying, no, I, I just want to do my, y'all are all good, right? Lord, help them. But what's interesting is when we read that, and you know, if you're one of the, if you're a kid here today, you're like, how many times do you wish, like, you're like, God, or mom and dad, I just wish you'd let me eat what I want, do what I want, you know, all those kind of things. And we all know we just end up in bed with a bellyache, right? If we could just do all that. In Genesis, we find like a really disturbing verse when God says, okay, I'm going to let you see what happens when I just let you go for it on your own without me. In Genesis 6, 5, it says, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart were only evil all the time. And the lesson that we get from this period of history right before Noah is that when we are left to ourselves, Evil just escalates. It just goes from one place to another. And left to ourselves, we just, we just go berserk. And the reality is, people need God. We need him in our lives. Lesson two. Through Moses, God gave his people the law. It was like parameters. It's like, all right, left to yourselves was not working. Now I'm going to show you what happens when I just give you the rule book and let you just go for it, right? Just go, go with the, the, the rule book. And the reality is the rule book was good. The, the scripture says that the law was good. It was a, a rule book for life and it was a rule book for how to relate to one another and it was a rule book for how to worship and it was even a rule book for how to, to, how to do government. And we quickly learn in this part period of history that the, having the rules is not enough. Knowing the right thing to do is not enough because in our brokenness, we are still powerless to just follow the rules. So in lesson one, it's like, hey, just let me do my own thing. In lesson two, it's like, hey, just give me the rules and I'll make this thing work. And what we find is that we're powerless to actually do it on our own. Lesson three. In lesson three in the book of Judges and first and second Kings and first and second Chronicles, we find the people of God in this cycle. And it's, we find that they're, the people are powerless in making these poor decisions and they'd find themselves in bondage and they'd find themselves in a pickle. Anybody find yourself in a pickle? Not literally a pickle. I mean, it's a phrase. Anyhow, um, they found themselves in trouble. And what would happen is they would do what we all do. We cry out to God when we're in trouble, right? God, if you just get me through this one thing, right? Anybody ever pray that prayer? Yeah. And so they would pray that prayer. And what God would do is he would raise up someone in the book of Judges. It was a judge and they would raise up someone. It was a, a savior with a little s because it was one of us. He'd raise someone up and he would lead them to victory and the, the curses would be broken and they would be free and the people would be back on top and doing well. And then they would just slide right back in to their trouble because they're still powerless. And when you're powerless, you make poor decisions. And so what we learn is that saviors with a little s are not enough to sustain us. 
they can save us for a moment. And can I just say today that there's no one on this earth who can save you permanently. There's no hope in any person, in any personality, in anyone you follow. In, I mean, uh, I like pastors. I have lots of friends who are pastors. I know a pastor. Um, pastors are great, but they, they, no, you know, there are leaders and rulers and all those kind of things. But all of them don't have what the Savior with a big S Right with the savior of the world, what he can provide. And that is who our hope has to be in. And so what have we learned? Well, we've learned throughout history that ruling our own lives doesn't work. That we need God in our lives. We will learn that rules are not enough to sustain us because we're they can we can't be good in our own strength we still need god in our lives because we can't do it in our own strength and we learn that saviors with a small s people are not enough to sustain us we need a savior with a capital s to save us and to sustain us and matthew 121 1 verse 21 uh, through 23 it says it so clearly she will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Would you say Jesus with me? Jesus. Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sin. You see, God took his time so that we, we could see we need a savior. We need him. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. He came to be with us. You know, as I've been telling this story about doing things on your own and then trying to make rules on, to, to, to follow on your own and then trying to trust in other people. It's not just the story of history. It's the story of most of our lives. Most of us can track with that same story and say, you know what, I've tried to just do my own thing and it didn't work. And you know what, I've tried to just kind of put some rules and parameters and and that wasn't really enough. And I've tried to put my trust into other people and some people have helped me and some people, but it hasn't been enough to sustain me. And the reality is we needed a savior and he is such a good savior, y'all. His motivation is love. His desire is to give you a new life. His desire is not just to give you new life, but to have a relationship with you, to talk with you and to walk with you and to be with you. God with us, Emmanuel. And he loves you more than you could ever know. Our decision to follow Jesus, our Savior, actually brings us back full circle with Adam and Eve. Who took their lives into their own hands and ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now we have an opportunity to make it all right. To reverse the decision that they made. This is what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9 verse 23 and 24 to his disciples. He said, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple. This is the Savior with a capital F speaking. Whoever wants to be my, my, my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. What that means is if you try to take things into your own hands to save your own life, it's not going to work. 
But whoever loses their life for me, Jesus says, will save it. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Jesus has taken us all the way back to that same decision that Adam and Eve made that day when they would not deny themselves that fruit. They would not deny themselves from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But we can deny ourselves and put God first before ourselves. Now, let me say this. This is deny yourself doesn't mean go without for all of your life and live a monastic life. That's not what deny yourself means. And it doesn't mean like the more that you deny yourself, the more spiritual you are. It really doesn't mean that either. It means put God before yourself. Can I say that again? Put God before yourself. And you know what that means? That means you're always in second. Always. If you go look in the Greek for always, it means always. That was just a little joke for Bible nerds. Um, it means put, put God first all the time. It means put him before yourself. Not because he has coerced you, but because you've come to this place where you recognize it's the only decision. Jesus is the only decision. He is the only way. I can't do it on my own. The rules aren't enough. Saviors with a little S aren't going to save me. I need a Jesus who can save me. And y'all, Christ has come. He's come. And here's the thing. You can know him personally. He's not just a figure in a book. But he is in heaven. You know that he prays for you now. And he sends his Holy Spirit. So that you can know his voice in, in your heart. So that you can read the word of God. And hear from Jesus yourself. He isn't just other people's savior. He's here to be your savior. The savior of the world. And I just want to encourage you this Christmas. To put God first in your life. If there's an area in your life where maybe you have put other things first and you let you let God talk to you about the areas you're interested in, I just want you to encourage you, make him God of your life. It works out so much better than that way. There's this um, there's a saying that serving God easy is hard. But if you serve God hard, like with all your heart, it's actually a lot easier. With all your heart, you serve God. And I want to encourage you today, maybe you're in a place in your life where you've come through this year and you just realize you don't have the answers in life. And maybe you have never made Jesus your savior with a capital S. I just want to tell you from my own personal experience and from everything that I have seen, he is the one who can save your life. I am proud to say I needed a savior. I have no shame in it. I am proud to say that Jesus is my savior. I am proud to say that a savior has been born. And if you're in that place where you need to say, I need a savior, I want to encourage you today to cry out to Jesus, today to make that Jesus your savior because he loves you and he's just sitting on ready he's done all the work and he is ready to be your savior with a capital S and he loves you and wants to receive you and if that's something that you need to do today I want to encourage you cry out to God and say Jesus I need you as my savior thank you for the cross Thank you for the forgiveness that comes for my sins because you took the penalty upon yourself. Thank you for being my savior. I receive you in my life and simply make God first in your life. Doesn't mean you will have to deny yourself. Absolutely. It's the only way it works is to put him first. 
He is not interested in being your sidekick. He is not interested in being on your shelf, you know, with, with other things. He is interested in being your God. That is, the, that is the place he wants in your life, and he absolutely deserves it. I want to encourage you to make that decision today. If you're making that decision today and you're watching online or on the podcast, we want to know about it. Would you go to victorychristian.church and click on next steps? And uh, we'll reach right back out to you and rejoice with you. If you're in an in-person service and you're making that decision, don't leave here without letting me know about it because I want to rejoice with you. What I'd like to do today is I want to close by praying for our Christmas week. And I want to pray today, Lord, that, um, that you will just be able to experience the presence of God in, in a really special way and feel close to him. And here's the thing. I know a lot of people are having to change things up as far as who they meet with and what they do for Christmas. Okay? Can I encourage you today to not let it just be a loss? But let whatever you're losing, when you have that phone call or that Zoom call or you do something, talk from the heart. Make it more meaningful. Treasure the conversation even more. Because some of us, we're going to be wishing we had. And you know what? Wishing you have isn't going to put it in your, in, in your life. But what you can do is treasure what you do have. And treasure the moment that you do have with those people. And make it more special. You can do that. And you can make this a very unique and a wonderful time because the reality is Jesus is on the throne and he will be on the throne going into this next year. Amen. If you're in the in-person service, would you stand with me? I want to pray with you today. Lord Jesus, we say today we are so proud to say that you are our Savior. Emmanuel, God with us. God, I pray today for those who feel lonely. I pray, God, that you would meet them in that place. And, God, that you would break the yoke of loneliness. And, God, that your presence would be a comfort to them. I pray for those, Lord Jesus, as we go into this Christmas week and things are different. We've lost people. There are people who won't be in the room because of of, uh, just logistics and all of that. And, Lord, I just pray that every phone call, every Zoom call, every connection, God, would be sweet. And we recognize and we honor today, Lord Jesus, that the fact is we are celebrating you. And we confess today we can't be left on our own. We confess today knowing the rules isn't enough. We confess today that human saviors just don't do it. And we confess today that you are our savior. Christ with us. God with us, Emmanuel. And we worship you today. We glorify you today. Lord, invade every home, invade every family with your presence and your power. And Lord, I just pray that heaviness would be broken and that the peace and presence of God would invade every home. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Be blessed today. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, just go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.